Today's reading of the Holy Gospel according to Matthew, the sixth chapter. This is Jesus speaking. Be aware of practicing your piety before others in order to be seen by them. For then you have no reward from your Father in heaven. So whenever you give alms, do not sound a trumpet before you as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, so that they may be praised by others. Truly, I tell you, they've received their reward. But when you give alms, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, so that your alms may be done in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. And whenever you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners, so that they may be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward. But whenever you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your Father who is in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. When you are praying, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think that they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. Pray then in this way, our Father in heaven, Hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors, and do not bring us to the time of trial, but rescue us from the evil one. For if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. Brothers and sisters, this is the gospel of our Lord. Thanks be to God. Amen. This month of January, we are focusing on what it means to be spiritually healthy. And some suggested that perhaps I'm doing this because so many have made resolutions to be physically healthy. And if you're one of those who've made a commitment to eat better or exercise more, that's great. But this really isn't about a resolution. It's about a lifestyle. It's about a way of living that um, we should all Uh, be practicing, not just after we've overindulged during the holidays, but it's a way that we walk with Christ. And last weekend I preached on taking time for the Word. Last night at the 5 o'clock service, uh, we had five families visiting for the first time. Um, They had made resolutions to start looking for a church home. And... uh, Many of them believe they found that home here among us, and that's a good thing. But those folks last night, and many of you perhaps this morning, didn't have a chance to hear that first sermon. So it's on our website as an audio file. You can listen to that at your convenience. And in that meditation last week, we hear Jesus saying that it's not enough just to hear the word. It's a good thing to hear the word. It's a good thing to read the word. But our Lord says that word needs to be something we do. We do the word. We do something with the word. It shapes our life. It guides our witness. It informs our decisions. So we put the word of God into practice, not just when we're at church, rendering to God the praise and worship and honor that he's due, but in our daily lives and in those decisions that we make, some big, some small. So today we're focusing on being a people of prayer and taking time to be people of prayer, intentionally so. Now, when it comes to our spiritual health, our fitness uh, in the kingdom, we always look to Jesus. We seek to follow Jesus, to learn from Jesus. Jesus prayed, you know this, 
Uh, He prayed without hesitation. He prayed often. Uh, The Gospels record for us that he prayed at the very start of his public ministry when he was baptized by his cousin John the Baptist. He was even praying on the cross as he was dying. Father, forgive them. They don't know what they do. In our reading today, Jesus is speaking to us about the significance, the importance of prayer and the equally important reality of praying in a right way that's pleasing to God. Now, when I was a boy, uh, my mother warned me there were many words I should not use. Don't call anyone a fool. She goes, that, that's not your judgment. And she also warned me about uh, using the word hypocrite because that would be a very uh, severe accusation to call someone that. That's the word Jesus uses, isn't it? It's a strong word. Let's remember that that word hypocrite did not uh, start in the first century. It has a history among the Greeks. And that word was not a bad thing initially. A hypocrite was an actor, a stage player, a person in those Greek tragedies and dramas who was pretending for a short while to be someone else or something that he was not. And some of you know this, those Greek actors, long before they were makeup artists, uh, often put on masks to hide their true identity, taking on the persona of someone else. That's the history of the word. And Jesus says, there's no room for hypocrisy when it comes to prayer. Don't pretend to be something you're not. Don't play games. This isn't for show. This is not a performance. Some of you who are a few weeks into your New Year's resolutions are going to gyms, no doubt. I'm old enough to remember gyms and weight rooms where there was not a single mirror. You went in with your gray sweats, you lifted your weights, you worked up a good sweat, you got her done, you went home. But I've seen in my lifetime the appearance of mirrors, not just one or two, but mirrors everywhere. And I've seen people where I work out looking at themselves and wondering who else is looking at their massive, impressive, sculpted bicep. Well, that's one way to go to a gym and get fit. It's very different than the people I see who come in with their hoodies up, their iPods playing. They lift the weights. They don't talk to anyone. Some would say they're antisocial, but they're not there to show off. They're there to take care of their bodies and gain some strength. Jesus says that when we pray, we shouldn't be showing off. We shouldn't be pretending to be something we're not. And he speaks to us about content over context, if you will. Spiritual fitness is about growing in your relationship with God. It's never been about oppressing your neighbor. Uh, Hypocrites prayed so others would notice them. They wanted to impress others. Look at us. Look how spiritual we are. Jesus says, go into your room. In fact, go to your room and shut the door. Because it's never about impressing others. But being in direct fellowship, spiritual communion, in relationship with your Father in heaven. We'll come back to the content of prayer 
at the conclusion of the sermon, I promise. And in our Lord's teaching, we see that it's all about relationship over repetition. There was a phrase used to describe the way the pagans prayed. Fategare Deus. Fatigue the gods. Wear them out. The pagans thought that by their endless repetitions over and over, the gods would finally attend to their needs because they had grown so weary of hearing their verbiage. Jesus told those around him, yeah, that's the way the Gentiles believe it works. They think they'll get their prayers answered because of their endless words. On and on and on. By annoying the gods so much the gods will finally listen just to shut them up. For those of you who engage in ongoing Bible study beyond Sunday morning, and I hope that's many of you, there's a great story from the Old Testament you can read about this kind of fatigare deos. It's in the Old Testament, 1 Kings chapter 18. Don't have time to go into it today, but there is a showdown. There is a conflict between God's servant Elijah and the prophets of Baal, a false god. And these prophets were praying all day long and their prayers weren't being answered. So they prayed their prayers a little louder. And when that wasn't getting a response, they started dancing around the altar they had made. But their God was silent. But the living God, the true God, the God whom Elijah served, was not quiet. He heard the simple prayer, the faithful prayer of his servant. Jesus reminds us we don't have to be like those prophets of Baal. He tells us about relationship over and over. Your father cares for you. Your father knows you. Your father knows what you need most. And then he teaches us to pray as the choir sang so beautifully. And as we pray weekly, if not daily, pray this way, our father. You see, it's all about relationship. The relationship that we have with one another as brothers and sisters in Christ and the relationship we have with our Father as His beloved, treasured sons and daughters. So our Lord's speaking to us about these things. He's speaking to us about the quality of our praying over the quantity. You know, prayers don't have to be long or long-winded. Neither do sermons. A quality of preaching or praying does not require poetic language of the quality that God desires in preaching and praying is honesty authenticity uh, don't try to pray like someone else and young pastors should not try to preach like someone else either because really that would be hypocritical wouldn't it pretending to be someone you're not. It's quality over quantity. When you think about the Lord's Prayer, it's not a long prayer. Uh, it can be said without rushing in about 30 seconds. But in those brief words, there is truth and there is power. In fact, when you think about spiritual fitness, you better think about Courage, because it takes courage to pray the Lord's Prayer. We better not just say it by rote. When you pray the Lord's Prayer, there's no place for cowardice. Here's just one reason why. 
Jesus invites us in that prayer to take on servanthood over selfishness. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Martin Luther rightly taught that the kingdom of God absolutely categorically comes without our asking. God is sovereign and his kingdom is coming. But we ask in this prayer, and here's where it gets dangerous if you don't know what you're praying. We ask that the kingdom would come to us and come through us. Yes, the good and gracious will of God comes without our asking, but we ask that it would come and be done among us. That God would count us in the good fight of faith. That we'd roll up our sleeves and get involved in the work of Jesus Christ, this side of heaven. At the council meeting we had this last Tuesday, our congregational president, Phil Mayo, opened with the devotion and a prayer reminding all the counselors and the pastors, too, that first and foremost, we are called to serve in this community of service. And he reminded our duly elected church council members that we serve the Lord by being servant leaders in that capacity, but in so many other ways, not just here at church, but in our daily lives. I thanked Phil for that kind of leadership and that kind of reminder. It's about servanthood over selfishness. I heard this years ago, and I I don't remember who said it, but it stuck with me. You know, it's strange that while praying, we seldom ask for a change of character, but we often ask for a change in circumstance. You see, if I'm asking God in the Lord's Prayer that His kingdom would come, and I want to be engaged in that coming kingdom, then maybe it's not just a change in the world around me. I'll sit back and watch, Lord, what you do, but maybe it's a change in my character, my attitude, my decisions, my stewardship, my daily life. I promised you I'd come back to content. I know a man who is really into NASCAR. He watches as many races as possible, and if his work requires him to miss it live, he records it and doesn't want anyone to tell him the outcome because he wants to see that race unfold. Now, I'm not a NASCAR guy, and if you're a NASCAR guy or gal, good for you. I mean, I just, and someone comes in first. I don't find that exciting, but some people find it thrilling. And that's cool. And by the way, I'm not talking about Pastor Mike Easton. (laughs) And this man, a good man, never went to college, works with his hands, uh, told me years ago after I preached a sermon on on praying that um, he learned to pray the STP way. I thought, NASCAR prayer? Scientifically treated petroleum? He goes, no, 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 that's just... That's just the acronym. And he said, whenever I pray, you know, I just remember to tell God I'm sorry. Well, you can dress that up and say, you come before the Lord in confession of sins that you've committed and sins of omission, those things you should have done and did not do. But for this simple, wise, beautiful man, it's simply, sorry, Lord, I missed some opportunities. I failed you. And there were things I could have done that I didn't do. And he says the second part of that content of praying is thanks. 
thanksgiving. Thank you, Lord, for my life, for my family, for my work, for the people I've been able to bless today, for the freedom to worship you in this good land. And then he said the last part of his STP prayer is please. Well, we can dress that up too and talk about intercessory prayer. But he goes, that's the part of the praying where I just ask God, please, help me to be a better man. Uh, Please, act in the lives of these folks I know who are suffering, who are dealing with disappointment, with injury. Uh, Please, Lord, act in the life of people who don't know you. Use me that I might shine the light of Christ into the darkness of their situation. So I hope and pray that we continue to be a congregation of prayer. Uh, Not like the hypocrites pretending to be someone we're not. But just praying in the voice God has given us. Not worrying about how poetic it sounds, how impressive it might be. You know, it's really hard to impress God. But our Father in heaven is glorified when we worship him. And he loves it when we pray. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.